0: So, one plus one plus one equals one. That's a a very difficult sum for us to do because we think it should equal three. And in some ways it does. And in some ways, when we look at God, it doesn't. Um, I chose the primary colors here today because according to science, of which I'm not a scientist, can we have some the next slide, I think, uh, Rajesh? When all of the three primary colors or in equal measures in light, we see one color, which is, well, colorless, we see white. So what I think is actually amazing, as I've looked into um, the Trinity in a way that I've never looked into the Trinity before this last week, is how many little hints God puts into His creation just to help us along the way. They're all natural things. They're things our mind can understand. So in that way, they're useful for us, but they're also limited in that all of them have some sense of not quite the true picture, but I thought it's worth seeing just some of the things that God has put into His creation, which make it a little bit easy for us to see three in one. Can we have the next slide? There we have an apple. It has the skin, the seed, and the flesh. It's one apple. Can we have the next one? egg, shell, the white, and the yolk. We'll come back to that one in a minute, but let's just run through these for a sec. The good uh, St. Patrick one, which of course I would have to mention. The three leaves as one clover, shamrock. Next slide. We have fire, which needs three elements to keep it alive, oxygen, fuel, and heat. <laughs> a bit closer to read that one. <laughs> OK, next one. Yes, I didn't know this, but apparently a solar system needs three elements. It needs a sun, a star, a planet, and a moon to exist. There we go, science lesson number two.
1: <laughs>
0: um, I'm not sure what the next slide is. Can I have a look? <laughs> OK. We're gonna come back to God being supernatural, but I thought just to show us, and I haven't rehearsed this either, so it could go wrong. We have an egg, people at home, egg. (laughs) If we crack it, and it works well, we have the shell. We have the white coming. Ah, it ah, didn't split. Nobody saw that. <laughs> and, we, and we have the yolk, And then we have one egg. Yes, please. <laughs> but like I said before, that, that implies that God is three different parts, whereas actually he is one perfect unity, even though there are three elements of his character. Oh, thank you very much. Look at this. So just as a pause before we go into a little bit more depth on what perhaps is more true to the nature of the Trinity, I just wanted us to worship together, so I'm going to call the band up again. And let's just pause for a moment of prayer. Father, we realize how awesome you are and how difficult it is sometimes to comprehend your nature, your character, your, your bigness. but Lord, I pray that the Father who has given us Jesus and the Spirit would now teach us so that we may worship you in greater measure and that we may love you more. In Jesus' name. Amen. So one other thing that, Manju actually drew to my attention was in the New Testament there are also very, very many references to the number three, um, which I don't think is an accident. I think God knows us and knows that these little kinds of symbols and clues and powerful undertones can speak to us. I'm just going to read uh, some of them. There were three, well, we think there were three gifts from the wise men. Jesus, as a teenager, stayed in the temple for three days teaching. As a man, he was tempted three times by the devil. His ministry lasted three years. He took three disciples up the mountain with him to the transfiguration. At the end, uh, he was giving his message about his death. He said that the temple, his body, the temple would be destroyed, and in three days it would be rebuilt and he would rise again. He overheard Peter denying him three times. He stumbled three times on his way to the cross. He died at three o'clock. And he rose again three days later. And then again, after his resurrection, he gave Peter three opportunities to reconcile. So that's just some examples of the three, which I also thought was quite an amazing little discovery. Thank you, Manju. <laughs> so let's have a look at the Trinity from a different symbol, which is uh, actually also Celtic. If we could have the next slide. Here we see uh, the symbol, of, uh, uh, maybe too small. You can see, yes, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And no matter where you start in this inner line, if you, if you trace your finger, it goes up to the Father, it comes down to the Son, it goes round again to the Spirit, it goes up to the Father, it comes down to the Son, and so on. It's an unending, it's not quite a circle, but it's an unending line of perfect unity and perfect community. And yet it's three different characters of God. The, 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 we use the word Trinity, which is not actually a word from the Bible, but we've, we've taken it uh, because it describes tri, which is three, and unity, which is one. So tri-unity, which we have made Trinity, in case you're wondering where that came from. So next slide, please. There are three distinct parts. The Father isn't the Son. The Father isn't the Spirit. The Spirit isn't the Father. The Spirit isn't Jesus. So they all have a different role to play in how they come to us and how they speak to us. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit were all involved at creation, moving. The Spirit was moving in the waters. The Word spoke. The Word is Jesus. And God the Father was bringing things into life. And then again, we see another example of that at Jesus' baptism, where Jesus was there in person being baptized. The Father came and spoke, and the Spirit came and descended on Him to give Him power and assure Him of His sonship. Could I have the next slide, please? One God. This doesn't mean these three little parts all being different. They actually all come together, and they're all worshipped as God. The Father and the Spirit and the Son are working together as one. And Jesus said, eh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one God. You shall worship Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Last section, um, Majesh, they're all equal. None is more important than the other. That's for some of the, the things in the, in the, the egg example might fall down because we tend to throw the shell away. It's not really that important. Once we've got the the other two parts, we think, oh, well, we don't need the shell. That's not true of God. We need all parts of Him working in our lives. And then we have this circle, which is there, which represents really the material, the character, the essence, which is love. In 1 John 4, verse 16 it says, and we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. He's not just loving. He is love. That's what he's made of. And whoever lives in love lives in God, and God lives in them. Uh, Rajesh, one more slide, and then I'm going to invite Manju to come and see how this affects our lives. There's a little name written right in the center. So just imagine that that's your name. He invites us as a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit into this fellowship of love. He doesn't just leave us on our own to try our best. He said, come into my community. He doesn't need us in his community, actually, because he's perfectly satisfied and complete in himself, but he invites us in because he is made of love. He wants to reach out and say, come and be in my love, and he will bring us right in. So that's really what I wanted to say, and Manji's going to come and apply it to our lives.
1: (laughs) Is this working? Yeah, okay. We've seen how God the Father, Son, and the Spirit come together visually, what it means. We've seen the the pictures, we've seen things that's there in nature. Uh, We have an idea of what it means. Now, how does it look like being in fellowship with Trinity? How does it look like for us? We know what Trinity means, we know what it is. Now this is a very weak illustration, just like Pamela said in the beginning, a lot of weak (laughs) illustrations. Uh, Just imagine we're in a house, we're living with our parents, and the siblings, family. Just like that, our body is the temple of God, and in us, we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And just like at home, we do talk to each other, we do interact. It might be different in homes with teenagers, but they're mostly in their rooms, but in regular families, <laughs> there's interaction, there's communication, there's getting to know each other, and that's when we build relationships with each other. And just like that, with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit being in us, we build that relationship, getting to know the Father, getting to know the Son, getting to know the Spirit. We speak to God in prayer, we, we listen, we, we wait, we stay still, and we receive, just like how it is in a, in a family. And that's God within us. And we continue to build that relationship with him. And that is what it means to be in fellowship with the Trinity. And the other way is that we read the word that God has given us. The word tells us who he is, what he's done through different people across the ages. It's not just, Bible is not just a book of stories that we learn in kids' church and we just leave it at it. Even those simple stories, we need to read them again and again and again. And every time I go through those stories, I see something different. I hear something different from God. They still reveal different aspects of who God is, what is needed for me at that time. So, so don't skip the past where we think, oh, I know the story of David and Goliath. I know the story of Noah's Ark. They all have a purpose in getting to know who the Father is, who the Son is, and who the Holy Spirit is, all together in one. Another way that we come together uh, in fellowship with the Trinity through communion. Once or twice a month we have it in our church here. And that is a time when we come together to share in the bread and the wine. And this was Jesus' sacrifice for us and this was absolutely necessary for him to come and rescue us. And coming to share in, his, uh, in the bread and the wine is a way to remind us of what he has done for us, what he has sacrificed for us. Every time that we come, we remember this, we remember what had happened, we remember why he did this. And not only is it a reminder of what he has done for us and what he has sacrificed for us, it is also a time to come and reflect on our life the the week or the weeks before. Is there something that separates us from God's love? Is there some sin in our life, is there something that we need to come to God and confess. And every service we have the confession. We confess, it's not just some prayer said and we respond. We have to be very, very careful when we say those words because that's when we're confessing our sins to God. We might have hurt somebody, somebody might have hurt us. We need to come here to receive God's food, God's reminder, forgiving and being forgiven. And this is not something we just do once and you know, we've become a Christian, we have, it's all great. We need to constantly come and reflect on, is there anything that separates me from God? What, have I, what has happened this week that has caused me to move out of that communion, that relationship with God? Now out of when we are in fellowship and out of this outpouring and this abundance that God has given us, just like the apostles lived with Jesus, you know, watched him, learned from him, did as he sa- uh, said. They only, everything just fell into place and they only, it only clicked in their head when Jesus died and left and rose again, and when the Holy Spirit came on top of them. It, all, it just clicked all together and they knew and understood, this is who, why Jesus came, this is why God sent his son. And then they were prepared to share the word, to show that this, this fellowship that we share with the, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, here, this is what it means, this is the abundance, this is the blessing he has for you. Now, if we ever learn anything in Christ, if we have any enjoyment of being in his presence at any time, it's not just for, for yourself, it's to be shared with others, it's to be opened up to others. Fellowship is the sweetest when we come out of that fellowship with the Trinity. Now, how can we extend this practically? How can we invite his community into our lives? I'm I'm sure you have some ideas, some practical tips. Is there anything that you would, that you think of? How can we practically invite his community into our lives? Praying, we pray for, can pray for others. Share meals with others. You know, hospitality is not something where you need to have your home all neat and tidy, you need to have a table for 10, you need to have the best food out there, even if fellowship shared over a box of pizza is hospitality. You know, fellowship shared over leftovers, bread, whatever it may be you are sharing God's love with one another. Anything else? We practically, in, in our church, we help others in need, especially when there's a new mom, when there's somebody who's ill, we, we bring food to them. A lot, lot of things revolving around food here in our church. We, not only food, we practically help with taking somebody to the hospital, um, taking them to the airport or bringing things for them. And other than all of these practical things, we also open up in a way that we can be vulnerable with each other. You know, Christ hasn't promised us a life of, you know, we've, we've been saved, we're believers, we're born again, easy life. We will still have our share of troubles, worries, not so good days, good days. I we're not meant to be carrying all of this by ourselves. There's no shame in bringing it up, bringing it out. Now, I was ill two weeks ago, and you know, before even I came back from the hospital, I had a, a fridge full of food. You know, my friends bought stuff, I didn't have to cook that week, and I had time to rest, to relax, and to, to get better again if I didn't share with my friends that I was ill, I would be grumpy at home, expecting Bobbyby to do all the cooking, taking care of kids, being grumpy, making everybody's life difficult. So there are so many ways that we can share our burdens, our troubles, being vulnerable with each other. So th- think about this how we can invite others and how we can bring ourselves into God's church. And remember that um, just like the Father, the Son and the Spirit are together, we are also in that. It's not a closed circle. God invites us with open hands. Can we go to the next slide? So just to bring it all together, all three persons bringing together to bring us in, I'm just going to read the, the gospel that we heard. The Spirit doesn't speak on his own. He will tell you only what he has heard from me, Jesus. And he will let you know what is going to happen. The Spirit will bring glory to me by taking my message and telling it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I have said that the Spirit takes my message and tells it to you. Amen.
0: So I'd like to invite the band to come up. But just while, just while they're coming up, um, I did think of another little illustration uh, from yesterday, actually. Um, we had the Youth Day, and so there had, we had... Three cars, three people had given their time to come. You just go and get yourselves wired up. (laughs) They'd given their time to come and serve the youth by taking them all the way to Rotterdam. And um, Divya's car broke down in a place called Leerdam. I don't even know where. We're about 40 minutes away from Rotterdam. It just completely died. So there we were, five girls, myself and Divya, behind the barrier on the highway, just going, hi. (laughs) What are we going to do now? And uh, the other two drivers had stopped, they'd seen that we were in distress, and uh, there was two spaces in one of the cars, so one car took two extras and off they went to Rotterdam. Uh, Andrew, he took the remaining four boys off to McDonald's, big sacrifice there, (laughs) dropped them at McDonald's, came back all the way around gathered up us loose, straggling females, damsels in distress at the side of the motorway, drove us to the Ahoy, leaving Divya to wait for the Iron Vey Bay on her own. Bless her. And then when he dropped us at the Ahoy, he came back, at which point the Iron Vey Bay had got Divya to McDonald's, <laughs> as you do. So she was united with the boys. Andrew came, picked them all up, and drove them again back to Rotterdam. And Yape. No, seeing our distress on the little WhatsApp group, immediately said, look, I can come if you need some help with transport. And to me that was just such a picture of fellowship. And, and also the teenagers being willing to just be patient, take it, run with it, there's nothing we can do. They were there, no complaints. Maybe the boys at McDonald's were enjoying the fact that they were <laughs> stranded for a little while, I don't know. But they were, they just took it with grace. And the whole community working together just to me was a real picture of this fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So, thank you to those people who just went the extra mile and mile and mile yesterday. And um, I think we should give them a round of applause, actually. <laughs> and from that, it, uh, um, it should lead us to worship this God who has put his spirit in us to make us want to love and serve one another. So we're going to try something, which is also a three in one experience, doing it together. So stand up. This side of the church, you're going to sing with uh, Robin and Keith. Yeah? The kids and these children at the front are going to sing with me. And everyone else on this side is going to sing with Oliver. So we're going to go first. You guys are going to go second, and Oliver's going to lead you guys third, and we're going to sing this as a song of worship, three parts all coming together with one harmony voice to the Lord in worship. So we'll just start, and you'll know what to do. Follow these guys, okay, and you come in second.